cat. Um, Unto us a child is born, here comes heaven. Merry Christmas, everyone. Right now is the time we get to uh, put God first in the forms of our tithes and offerings. So if the ushers would kindly prepare. Uh, if you guys are here just visiting, we'd ask that uh, no need give, just relax, enjoy the service. If you are here from an, another church, then please take your tithes to your home church. However, if this is your home church, let us give now uh, sacrificially and with a cheerful heart. A couple of months ago, my son and I went to Kauai. Every year we go to Kauai. This is our annual father-son thing. We visit my best friend on Kauai, and he has, he has a boat. He has like a 16-foot 16, 16 Boston whaler, so we go fishing. So this time, we actually, the water was flat, so we actually went outside Nawiliwili Harbor. So we, we made this plan. There was the three of us on the boat, and my friend said, okay, if we hook up, John, oh, that's me, Jonathan. You drive, and me and Aaron go be in the back, and we go and fight the fish. So I said, okay, that sounds good because, you know, I had watched Wicked 2 in all five seasons on that geo. So I figured I know how to drive at a boat. How hard could it be? So we hooked up on Mahi Mahi. So I was driving. Everything was fine. Okay. But as my friend was fixing the lines and when you drive you gotta make sure it's straight or else the three lines can cross and you can tangle and it's all messed up so I'm driving the boat and looking back looking forward looking back and then I make small kind adjustments but I go too far to the right so my friend and my son starts yelling at me John are you going too far to the, to the left to the right to the left and I got discombobulated and disorientated so I was going this way I was zigzagging I was making circles and figure eights all over the Pacific Ocean that day and all I had to do was fix my eyes on something in the horizon or a mountain or Lehui Airport. That's all I had to do was fix my eyes on something that wouldn't move, that was stable. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, it says this, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So in this Christmas season, you know, in the rhythms of life, in the busyness of this season, and also in the emotions that this season kind of brings up. We all think about family, we think about loved ones, and sometimes it's very difficult this season. And it's easy to get disoriented and discombobulated and your eyes can be drawn, his gaze drawn somewhere else. But my encouragement to you guys this morning is to keep it fixed on Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are, you are so stable, you are immovable. You are a rock that never moves in our lives. So help us, Lord, in this busyness of this season to keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord God, take this offering, use it, transform it, and bring many, many people into the kingdom. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, uh, Pastor Sheldon is going to continue on his series, It's Christmas. And today's, today's message is about why we celebrate Christmas. And in a few minutes, we will see how our children celebrate Christmas here at New Hope.
That, that's how we celebrate Christmas. It, I mean, when children are a part of Christmas, it makes it that much more special. So thank you for your children, grandchildren. Can we say thank you again to our mighty marvels, our mini marvels? And, and Christmas, I mean, I, I, I love the season of Christmas because of what it brings. Just think about what the world would be like if there were no Christmas. And if there were no Christmas, what would we look forward to? Like, Christmas is a time we look forward to, but believe it or not, only 90% of Americans celebrate Christmas. 95% of those 90% of, of people who celebrate Christmas who are Christians will only celebrate Christmas during this time. It's, it's almost like there's still a small percentage of people that do not celebrate Christmas. Like, what are they doing? What are they celebrating? How, how do you go through this year and then just come to the end of it without celebrating Christmas? Now, we know what Christmas is. And for many people, they don't know what Christmas is, so they don't need to celebrate Christmas. They don't need to celebrate the holiday because they don't know exactly what Christmas is all about. And that's what this series has been about. The series that we've been in for the past couple of weeks is it's Christmas. And we understand what it is, or maybe we're learning what Christmas is all about. But today as we look at why Christmas is worth celebrating, we're going to learn even more the meaning behind this holiday that we celebrate. Just think about it. We celebrate all kinds of things. And when you go to different department stores, you will either, you will either hear Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Half of Americans do not care how they're greeted, believe it or not. They don't care. They don't care if you say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. It doesn't bother them at all. It might bother you that when people say Happy Holidays, you're like a strong believer. You're like, no, Merry Christmas to you, not Happy Holidays. It's like, wow, just there's a heart behind it too. It's, you know, the heart is important versus what we say. But we get offended when people don't say Merry Christmas because we know what it means. But we like to celebrate we celebrate so many things. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate occasions. We, ce we celebrate even small little things. Have you ever gone to the grocery store and then they have the samples? Like people get excited about that. It's like, oh, samples. And we, as adults, we try and play it off. Like we don't want to eat it, but the kids, they don't care. They're like, oh, samples. And they're grabbing three or four. And, and you're like, just grab one. It's not, you know, this, this isn't lunchtime. Just grab one. But in your heart, you're like, grab ten. You know, for the family. Grab for the family. And we try to play it off as, as adults. But they love that. We celebrate even those small moments. We celebrate, you know, touchdowns. When your team is, you know, winning, you celebrate that. We were in uh, Las Vegas and... Uh, I think it was, the, it was the Seattle Seahawks playing the San Francisco 49ers. Sorry, got to bring this up, 49er fans. But uh, it, 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 Seattle won by kicking a field goal. And the place erupted with Seahawks fans just jumping for joy and cheering. And they were high-fiving anyone, strangers that were Seahawks fans. That was their commonality. It was the Seahawks won, and so they were celebrating. So it didn't matter if you knew each other. They were just celebrating because something great took place. We, lo we love to celebrate. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. By the way, if it is your anniversary today, happy anniversary. Is there anybody's anniversary today? Are you celebrating today? No? Right now your husband is like, 
I think it's our anniversary. Is it? I know it's sometime in December. I don't know when it is. But we celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate each other. My grandson, he plays basketball. And they're not in season right now, but he's, he's 10 years old. And he would play with us sometimes. Like on Sunday after church, we'll play basketball. And he'll make a shot. And he's celebrating. I, as the papa... I mean, it's almost like I crush his spirit because he's celebrating. I'm like, hey, get on defense. We don't have time to celebrate. We are playing basketball. You made your shot. Great. Yay. We're losing. So let's get on defense. We don't have time to celebrate. And and it's, it's almost like the Lord said, you know, sometimes your heart can be like that. Even during the season of Christmas, you don't have time to celebrate. You're so busy doing things, shopping, going to all the different parties trying to manage your schedule, your time, your sleep time, brand new baby, all of these things come into place and you don't even have time to celebrate. So the question then is, why is Christmas worth celebrating? What's the big deal anyway? I mean, it's going to come and go. It's, It's one day out of the year and many people are thankful Christmas is gone. You know, after Christmas, like, yay, open up the gifts, clean everything up. Phew. Survived the season. But Christmas is more than just a holiday. It's more than just a day that we celebrate. Christmas is a person. So today we're going to learn that. If you came in and you were given some notes, you can take that out, which will help you to follow along. Or if you use the church app, then uh, it'll, it'll help you to follow along with what we're, what we're going to be talking about today. And just think about it. We don't celebrate Nothing. There's always something that we celebrate. We, we celebrate for the purpose of giving something its worth. We celebrate according to what it is. And Christmas is the time of year where we show value. We show value to people. We give gifts. Uh, right now, hopefully Heidi's not listening, but Heidi is my wife. Uh, all of the gifts that I bought are all in my truck because I... I had it in my office, but I have to transfer it to my home. But I can't put it in my home because my middle grandchild, he is Snoopy. Like he, he, he will break in the room to look at, and he did that at his house. There was a room that was locked. He broke into that room and then later on asked his mom, hey, what are all those gifts in there? I'm like, what is the, what is that game for? And what is that for? What, whose one is that? And, and. So after we gave him Lickens, we said, don't you? No, we didn't do that. But he's the curious one. So I can't bring all the gifts home. So it's in my truck right now. But everything that we're buying, all the gifts that we're giving, we're, we're celebrating something. It's not just for nothing. Christmas does something to us and it has an impact in our lives. And we're going to look at three truths today that will help us define our life in who we are, establish our worth and our value And even solidify our identity. And here are the three truths. And we're going to go through them. So I'm going to go through them right now real quickly. But we'll go through each and uh, each one of them uh, slowly. But we learned this during Christmas. That God shows us our worth. He demonstrates our value. And he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Here's the first thing that we learned. That God shows us our worth. That's what happens during Christmas time. He shows us our worth. Did you know that every single day, people are trying to show you your worth? The media is trying to show you your worth. People who text you are trying to show you your worth. Even advertisements try to show you your worth. These advertisements, they dramatize 
even simple gifts that we want to give to each other. And, and they play the nice music in the background. Are you looking for something special for that special someone? And you have that guy like, yeah. And they play it off to where he doesn't know what to do. And now here they come with, you need to get this gift. If you really want to show her that you love her, buy this diamond for five grand. And you're thinking, I get seven dollars. I get $7. What can I get for $7? We're limited in finances. But when we watch these advertisements, it makes us feel something. That we want to show something to someone or give something to someone of great value to show them how much they're worth. And it, it differs from person to person. Because advertisers know, commercials know, and, and businesses know that if they can personalize it to us, then it makes that much more of a difference in how much we're going to spend on whatever it is. But what, what does worth look like? Because we know, we know there are things that we have that are worth something to us. Are, are these things supposed to make us feel something? I mean, is, is worth a feeling? What is worth anyway? How do we come up with a, a value of something? How do we know what something is worth? There's a, a, a woman, a young woman by the name of Brianne Miller. And she is the assistant or the, the equipment uh, manager for uh, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, the NBA team. And she was part of the G League. She was helping, but they saw that she was working so hard that they brought her up to be their equipment manager. And she helps when they play a basketball game with the away team. So when they're playing at home, Memphis Grizzlies, the away team comes. She helps them with all the different equipment. She serves them and, and tries to help them with all of their needs. Well, throughout the years and different games, the away team, one of the players noticed that she was wearing his shoes and different types of shoes. And so he noticed that. And then in one of the most recent games, he gave her his game shoes and signed it. And she is a big fan of this NBA player. Well, the bodyguard of this NBA player calls, that, uh, calls Brianne over and says, hey, Brianne, so-and-so wants to talk to you, wants to give you something. So she's thinking she did something wrong goes up to this NBA player and this NBA player says, hey, I want, you to give you, I want to give you my game shoes. I signed it because I see how hard you work and that you always wear my shoes, so here you go. She starts bawling. She's crying because she's so thankful that she got to meet one of her, her uh, a person that she idolizes, a person that she looks out after. And, and she, she plays basketball, but she got injured, so she wasn't able to continue on in her basketball career, but she loves being around the game. So... The media catches this. This video that someone shoots goes viral. And millions of people around the world see what's taking place. So they do an interview with her. So the interviewer asks and says, where are the shoes when it's not with you? She goes, oh, it's locked away. It's locked away. It's in the dark. I don't bring it out. Except for special occasions, which in this interview she brought it out. And so the interviewer said, I heard that someone offered you $100,000 for the shoes. And she said, yep. And you didn't sell it? Nope. And then she continued. She said, you know, everybody has a number. What's your number? Because everyone has a number. And Brianne says, there is no number. The interviewer said, so you're telling me if someone were to offer you $1 million for those shoes, you still would not give them up? And without even hesitating, she said, no. 
And here's why she's not willing to sell it. Because it is that valuable to her. It's worth something to her far greater than what the original price is worth. Now, pairs of these shoes are selling between $600 and $2,000 online for these shoes. So it's worth between $600 to $2,000. Worth is what someone is willing to pay for. It's, it's worth that to everyone. But value is what is worth to someone personally. Because there's a difference. God shows us our worth. He shows it to everyone, our worth. And it's, it's found in the book of John, John chapter 3, verse, six, uh, verse, three, uh, uh, verse 16. We know it as John, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God shows us our worth by giving us his son, Jesus Christ. He says, I see you and I want to be with you, so I'm going to come to you because you're worth it. So there's worth. God shows us our worth. But the second thing is that God demonstrates our value. Now, there's a difference between worth and value. God shows us our worth by giving us his son, his one and only son, by sending us Jesus Christ. But he demonstrates our value in this way, that he was willing to give up his son, and his son was willing to give up everything for you and I. See, worth is determined by what the thing is, like the shoes, $600 to $2,000. But its value is determined by the importance of someone personally. When there's something personal attached to something, the value goes up. The shoes may be worth $600 to $2,000, but its value to Brianne personally by importance at a specific time is priceless. She determines the value more than what it's worth. That's what God did for us. You know, as a CEO or a business owner, worth and value also change because you may, you may have a manager that, that have been with you for a couple of months and you pay them a certain wage, but you had a, a maintenance worker that have been with you for 20 years. You have a good relationship with that person, very loyal, may not be getting paid as much as the manager, but if it came down to it and you had to replace one of them, you might be able to find another manager and replace that position because you only known that person for a couple of months, you can replace that person, but... And you'll pay them what they're worth in the sense of their value in that position. But the maintenance worker that has been with you for 20 years, there's a different kind of value in that even though their wage might be less than. And so does God look at our life with him that even though we're in this world and there are billions of people in this world, God shows not just our worth in who we are, but our value in how priceless we are to him which is why he sent us Jesus Christ. He gives us that picture of, of who we are in him, and he shows us our value. Because value is very important for us to understand. It's like a diamond before it's cut and polished. It's worth something. And then when you cut it and polish it, now it's worth even more. But the value changes from person to person. It'll change our value in God 
becomes that much more valuable because it's personal to him. We're personal to God. In fact, when Jesus came to this earth, they did not know that 33 years later, Jesus was going to die for the sins of the world. Not too many people knew about the birth of Jesus Christ. There was no social media. We can look back on it and, and even the season of Christmas and say, wow, we celebrate Christmas so we understand the context or we can read the story in the Bible. And so now we know what Christmas is all about. But they didn't know. The world wasn't celebrating the birth of Jesus. They didn't even know he was being born. A few people did. And I'm thankful that our children actually explained it to us, what was going on. But they didn't know what was happening. But we do. And God shows us our worth. He shows us our value. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be without fault and holy in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Something becomes worth because someone values it. If you ever said to yourself, my life isn't worth anything, or no sense I go on, or you feel less than, or you feel empty on the inside and you feel like no one cares. God wants to show you not just how much you're worth, but he wants to let you know how valuable you are. That's why he gave us Jesus Christ, because he sees something of value inside every single one of us. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 tells us, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Here's what this scripture means. Jesus left everything in heaven to come here on this earth. He left a perfect place, gave up his kingship in heaven. Gave up all of that so that he could be with us to demonstrate how much God values us. Knowing that 33 years later, after he was born, he was going to die for our sins. And he willingly did that. Because he sees worth in us and value. And the last thing is for us to understand that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Just think about that, that, that principle that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. I can, I can see that, that's, that, that makes sense that God loves Jesus. That's his only begotten son. We can understand how a parent can love their child. Especially if that's your only child, your firstborn. Easy to grasp that. Have you ever seen a, a, a parent with their newborn baby? Like everything is brand new. Everything is careful, cautious. Everything is, oh, be careful. Oh, watch the head. Oh, feed. Okay, watch. Oh, blanket. Oh, put mittens. Oh, scratch face, cut nails, everything like that. Have you ever seen them with their fifth child? Like you didn't even know where the kid is. But the firstborn, everything is special about that child. <laughs> Sorry if you're the fifth child in the family and you're like, no wonder I had bruises and I fell off the bed every time. No one was watching me. But that first brand new baby, there's, there's something about that brand new baby. If we were to say, I love my son so much. And in the same sentence I say, and I love that stranger just as much. 
it almost doesn't compute. I, I love my son so much that I will do anything for my son. What about that stranger? Yeah, that stranger too. How do you think the son feels? Like, wait a minute, dad. You're saying you love me the most. Yes. But you also love that stranger the most. Yeah. Well, how special does that make me? How, how can you say you love everybody else just as much as you love me? It doesn't make sense. You're my dad. You should love me more than anybody else. But I love you so much. But I also love everybody else as much as I love you. Well, that's not fair. It's almost like, let's just say in your family there's a favorite child, which that never happens in a family. <laughs> Seen if you're here with your family and you're like, no, 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 I'm the, I'm the favorite. And everybody knows I'm the favorite. If you're the favorite, you don't have to say it. Just, I'm just saying, right? You, you, you know you're the favorite because you don't need to say it. Right now after church, you guys are going to be fighting. Who's the favorite? The only begotten son means the only one of its kind. There was no one like Jesus to the father. This is his one and only son. No one like him. Jesus is very special to God. He holds him dear to his heart. This is his only begotten son. He loves him very much. Now imagine that kind of love. That God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. That's why he came to us. That's why he doesn't wait for us to become perfect. He doesn't wait for us to get our act together. He doesn't wait for us to stop doing sinful things. He loves us long before he even created us. The fact that you were thought of shows how much God loves us. Because he wants to spend eternity with us. So that's why he created us. That's what Jesus wants us to understand when it comes to why we celebrate who he is. He wants us to know that God loves us just as much as he loves himself, his, own, his only son. Jesus said it so well. He said it in John chapter 15, verse 9. He said, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Then he ends with this. He says, abide in my love. What he's saying is we're going to abide in so many things. We're going to connect with so many different people. We're going to abide in the world. We're going to connect with things in the world. We're going to love the things of the world. And the things of the world are going to try to take over our life and our heart. And we get so busy with the things of the world that we tend to forget that God loves us just as much as he loves his son. And to abide in his love. You know, in this season, many of us, when we look at Christmas, it's not the best time of the year. It's not the most joyful time of the year because there are certain things that are happening in our lives and our families right now that are devastating, difficult to deal with, heartache and pain and confusion and even disappointment sometimes. But Jesus brings us back to what Christmas is all about and that it's worth celebrating Christmas because it's worth celebrating the Son of God. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the Son of God. We give gifts, and that's great because we show God's love. We show love to one another. And God, God shows us our worth by sending us his one and only Son. He, he, he shows us and demonstrates our value. 
by giving us Jesus and Jesus living on this earth and then eventually dying for our sins because he loves us just as much as he loves his only son, Jesus. If you ever find a time in your life where you don't, you're not, you feel like life is not worth living for or you feel so disconnected or you feel alone, always go back to the fact that God shows you how much you're worth. He shows you and demonstrates how valuable you are. But that he loves you just as much as he loves his one and only son. I'm going to ask you to close your Bibles and put away your notes if you're, if you're taking notes. And Jamie is going to come to the keyboard. When you think about Christmas, that it's worth, worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating because of the existence of Christ. And what Jesus came to bring. That we're celebrating his birthday. We're celebrating him. Just recently I was in Sri Lanka. It's an island right off the coast or the, the southeast coast of India. And we were doing training there. I think it was a three-day training. And they were celebrating their, I believe it was their 35th anniversary uh, as our denomination there, Foursquare, and training up leaders and pastors. And so they had about 2,000 pastors and leaders there. And they're celebrating the good things that God is doing. And one of the women that were there, uh, they asked her to come up on the platform and, and share a story. And she shared a story about her baby, that her baby, when her baby was born, was born with a defection in her baby's heart. And the chances of her survival were very slim. So the church began to pray. They prayed for God's healing and, and His power. And she came up there to give a doctor's report that after they began praying, for this child, something of a miracle was taking place. And she came up on stage. I have a picture. I couldn't take a picture of her on the stage, so I had to take a picture of the TV that was showing her on, on the platform. But that's her baby, and her baby is completely healed 100%. 100%. She came up there with a doctor's note trying to explain what happened but couldn't. There was no medical explanation on how this baby was healed. She came up there to give the report of how the baby was healed. And that baby was healed because of the power of God. Now, she even shares, she doesn't know why everybody gets healed. She's dealing with some health ailments. And she doesn't know why she's not healed. But her baby was healed. But this is what she shared. She's thankful, even though she's not healed, that her baby was healed because one day, she said, one day when I get to heaven, I'll be 100% healed. But for now, I'm thankful for the healing of my baby. The reason why she was sharing that and the reason why I want to share that with you is because God wants to bring healing to our hearts and how often we may not have been born with a, a heart defect, but for some reason, the way we live in our world, it causes a heart defect. It causes us to judge ourselves, to judge one another, to lower our value and our worth in ourselves. We look in, our, in, in the mirror and we lower our value. We lower our worth. And we do that with one another. We do that through social media. We do that even in, in joking around. We say things and we say hurtful things as human beings. But today I want, I want to 
kind of put that on the side and, and not just sweep it under the rug, but put it on the side for God to take care of because he wants to bring healing to our hearts today. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and pray for a little bit because I want, to, I, I want, I want you to remember that God has shown us how much we're worth by sending us Jesus Christ. And he, he demonstrates our value by what Jesus has done. He demonstrates our value, how important we are to him and how personal he wants to be with us. He wants that relationship with every single person. But there's a, there's a, there's a, a hole in our heart and healing needs to, be ta- needs to take place. And maybe you feel close to God. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you don't know God yet. Maybe you're wondering, like, why would God even love me? I've done so many things that are not pleasing to God. But God, God sees worth in us and he values us. He loves us just as much as he loves his only son. And if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I, I, wanna, I want that love in me. I want, I want God in my life. I want to give my heart to him. I've been sensing a void in my heart. Nothing satisfies me anymore. I've been chasing after things, but nothing fills my heart. And I feel this tug on my heart today, like God can do something about it. And if you're here today and you have that void, I want to pray with you. I'll say a prayer and you can repeat after me, but just include your heart, even though there may be some gaps in there. And here's our prayer. You can say these words, even if you're a believer, because it reminds us of the commitment we made with God a while back. And it's a prayer of salvation. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I believe in you and I thank you for showing me my worth, demonstrating my value, and for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the very first time and you gave your life to Christ, I want to pray over you. And you can acknowledge that real briefly by just lifting a hand real quick. And I just want to see the hand so I can pray over you. And that you said yes to Jesus today. Okay? You said yes to him. Just hold the hand up. Be bold enough to say, no, I said yes to Jesus. It's an eternal decision. Yeah, God sees your hand. Okay? Anybody else? You said yes to Jesus. Yeah, be bold. Yeah, God sees you too. Okay? It's an eternal decision. Okay? You can put your hands down. Lord God, I pray over these that said yes to you. And this decision is for all of eternity. It's in your hands. And their life is also in your hands. And so we pray your blessing over them as they begin their walk with you, as they learn about their relationship with you, that you would reveal yourself to them. For all of us, Lord, I I do thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas because Christmas is worth celebrating. Because we don't celebrate just the day. We celebrate who you are every single day. So thank you for giving us your one and only son, showing us our worth, our value, and loving us. We pray this in your precious name, and we all said together, amen. Can we welcome these that said yes to Jesus into the family of God? What a wonderful decision.